Threefield Pilots is filmed in front of absolutely no one. Please be advised that on this show, there will be strong language, and sometimes themes of a sexual nature. So if you have never heard the words fuck, shit, titties, well I just said them, and you can't unhear them now. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to Three Failed Pilots, the show where three nerds with no experience working in the media industry tell the professionals how we think they should do their jobs. I am Jacob, I am a weirdo, and <laughs> this is also going to be weird. If you've heard the last episode, you, you kind of have an idea of what you're getting yourself into. And of course, like always, I am joined by my two coasts. Get my two coasts. Oh, you nearly had it first time. <laughs> you were nearly there, man! And oh. as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Glenn, or Harry, or um, Big Billy Bumscut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my Discord name because I didn't think I would use it more than once. But I, my name is Glenn, aka Harry, and on the Three Field Pilots podcast, every episode we take some piece of media. We've already done a film, we've already did a game. Today we're tackling a TV series. We've set a couple of basic rules about it, and we are going to be giving you our failed pilots or our pitches for how we think the series should be made. Rody? Yeah, first of all, I just want to say, um, if you listen to the last episode, you don't have a fucking clue what that, <laughs> <laughs> that last fucking episode was. Probably um, not as many ducks to me. This week we, uh... Well, we'll get to my oh, pitch God. in a second. You haven't heard my pitch yet either. <laughs> That's quite killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so this week we're, uh, we're handling uh, Star Wars. In particular, we're handling the High Republic. Because that's the direction that Lucasfilm want to go in, let's be honest. They've made it clear that they want to put a focus on the High Republic. Uh, a couple of ground rules, because there's some debate about when the High Republic takes place. Um, there's some debate that it takes place just in a 200-year period before uh, the Clone, before the Phantom Menace. There's some people who think it's the entire time be- between uh, the Russo Reformation, which was a thousand years before our Phantom Menace, to then. Uh, our rule is going to be that it's going to be from the Ruston Reformation up until, until uh, The Phantom Menace because that's a longer time to play with. 200 years just doesn't seem like enough. Uh, and I don't even know if the Ruston Ref- Reformation is even canon anymore. I hope it is. but I don't even knows? know what that Reformation is. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter, Jacob. It's not like they've got uh, 30 years of comics and books to adapt. Yeah, I think... Uh, according to <laughs> Catherine Kennedy. I think that was the point in... <laughs> Star Wars canon history, where a sect broke off the Jedi's and started playing flutes instead of lights. Oh no, sorry, Lance. <laughs> yeah, no, the the, the Rusan Reformation. I call it Rusan, but it's Rusan. Uh, essentially, what it was to give what people a little bit of kind of like background. Not that it might come up, but just in case it does, it was essentially when the Jedi were forced to demilitarize and become uh, just peacekeepers and work for the Senate. Um, after like the final battle with the Sith that wasn't the final battle uh, because the, obviously the Sith was still working in the background with the Rilla 2 and stuff which ties in nicely to this episode so we're going to do a High uh, Republic miniseries with the rule being that the villains can't be the Sith you can't include the Sith at all because it doesn't make any sense the Sith were in the background they were, they were doing their own thing plotting maniacally they weren't going to be active and you know going to war with the Jedi the Ruler 2 had been established and they were doing their own thing. Uh, I know a lot about Star Wars and I just finished li- listening to the Darth Bane audiobooks on Audible and I highly recommend them. Uh, anyone, any questions with that at all? Jacob, I know you said you're not as knowledgeable, Star- knowledgeable about Star Wars as me and Glenn, so anything you want to ask? Or... No, I'm, I'm sure I might have questions later, but um, <laughs> as, as of yet, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> All right, I guess. Uh-huh. I have a question. If sitting in the background plotting maniacally, mm-hmm. what would a plotting maniacally laugh sound like? Uh depends on the Sith. I mean, if it was Darth Bane, the first one, he'd have quite. I imagine he'd have quite a deep voice. Uh, All right, yeah, yeah. So tell me what that would sound like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. <laughs> who, who would I get to play Darth Bane? Like, he's not going to be in my series because it's set a long time after. But because um, none, none of us can include him because he's Sith. But uh, I think he would be voiced by some like 
I actually think he, he was quite an intelligent guy for being like, as intimidating as he was. So right. I think he would get like some kind of like Shakespearean actor to play him. Uh, nice. Is, is Charles Dance still alive? Yes. I, I, I hope. Maybe him. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. He's not no. even in it. We're, yeah, we're not even talking about like, casting. Like, yeah, but he's like the coolest character in canon, apart from maybe Revan. Uh, See, I know, who, canon, I know who Revan is. I know who Revan is. Yeah, oh, good. and he, he is canon because he was in an episode of the Clone Wars. And do you know who voiced him in the Clone Wars? Tell me. Mark Hamill. Ah. Oh, nice. Who, who we'll get to later on in my pitch. Ooh. So, to start with, uh, I've given mine a name which is Tales from the Outer Rim. Uh, because essentially... For anyone who doesn't know, the reason the Separatist movement started during the Clone Wars, uh, the movies didn't do the best job of like portraying this, but essentially, like the, the EU did a way better job with this, which I'm going to be saying a lot, and it's not because like I hate um, what like they've done in canon, but I just think a lot of the EU stuff was better. To clarify, uh, that's Extended Universe, not European Union, am I right? Well, <laughs> you, you haven't read the EU manifesto on Star Wars fanfic, obviously. What makes you think I haven't got a signed copy? <laughs> oh, but yeah, um, it, it's called Legends now, but I'll probably still call it the EU. Uh, yeah, so the reason that the Separatist movement started was because there was the Code Worlds, which were the ones that were the closest to the centre, closest to Coruscant. Uh, and they got like, the best treatment from the council because they were directly in their line of sight. And the Outer Rim was further away and they had like the most crime and they had like, you know, the huts were quite prevalent there. Not all of them were part of the Republic. So they didn't feel like they were getting treated the same. Um, so that was a big part of it was like the Code Worlds would have been treated a lot better. And these other worlds were like, well, being in the council isn't benefiting us. So I've created this series called Tales from the Outer Rim. Although it's going to be set in one specific planet. Uh, it's going to be set on Taris, which anyone who's played Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic... Oh yeah, will know. I have. Yep. It was the... It wasn't the starting area, but it was like the first planet you went to after the... The, the uh, Ebon Spire? No, the Eden Spire. Yeah. One of the two. The Ebon Hawk was the, was the ship, so it was the Eden Spire, I think. I think I was right. Yeah. Um... And essentially, at the end of it, it got bombarded. And we've actually seen in the old, Repu- the old Republic MMO and stuff, they've been, like, there's been efforts to like, recreate it and not recreate, but like bring it back. So the idea I'm going for is it's going to be set on Taris. And with how the city is now, you know, post-bombardment, it's been, you know, maybe like 50 to... Well, it's been quite a bit after that, actually, given the time period, but it's been... Maybe like 50 to 100 years after the Rusan Reformation, so it's been quite a good couple, you know, few hundred years after, probably more than that actually, after Taris was bombarded, but they've still never fully recovered. Uh, so in essence, you know, the people are, the, there's still all these efforts to like, oh, we can rebuild Taris from to what it once was. And the way it's going to work is, in the game, there was a clear divide between the upper city and the lower levels. That's going to be even more clear now. Uh, so I'm going to quite go into my characters, and then I'll go into the basic pitch. Uh, the one thing I wanted to do is I feel like the one thing Star Wars has never really done, uh, properly at least, I mean, apart from Ahsoka, they've never had... Like, all, all the protagonists are human, which Pretty makes no much, sense. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but, yeah. Like, it's so weird in this massive universe the humans are getting all the attention I don't, I, I don't even like humans that uh, much so uh, <laughs> I mean I know lad um, I'm not one <laughs> well, I'm just going to write that down and but, send a message to the men in black <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but in essence I also understand that there's obviously budget reasons why it's easier to do a human character than to have CGI of characters in costume. So, for my one of my two protagonists, there's two of them, uh, I went with a, yeah, I went with a, a Twi'lek, 
a Twi'lek Jedi Knight known as uh, Tanila Notani. Uh, and she'll be played by Peyton List, who I think's done a fantastic job playing Tori in uh, Cobra Kai, which you should all watch if you've not seen it, by the way. It's so good. Uh, and what she is, she's like a Jedi Knight who's only recently passed the trials. Uh, and she's on her first solo mission on Taris. And her story's going to be that, like, she's starting to see how the Jedi being servants of the Republic isn't always a good thing. Because she sees how these, how, like, certain politicians can use that to their advantage. Well, that's interesting now. And one of her, uh, her kind of big supporting characters will be Lord Meredith, who, if you remember earlier, I mentioned Mark Hamill. I remember that. Yeah, so Lord Meredith is a not one. Do you guys know what a not one is? Just first of all, no clue. Okay, it's familiar, but I would have to look it up to get the visual. Yeah, uh, I was gonna just say I'll send a picture on the Discord, but that's not very good for the listeners. <laughs> <is it? laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I said a not one. I meant uh, I meant a fucking quarter, not a not one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the not sorry, I meant a, a quorum, not a not one. Uh, the not one is Kit Fisto's race, which how the fuck did a guy named Kit Fisto get into the Jedi? <laughs> but anyway, wouldn't you like to know? One, yeah, <laughs> I said a not one, but I meant a quorum. The quorums are the guys with like the technical faces. Oh, they're fun, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lord Meredith is a quarren. So my thought is we'll get one guy in costume, but we'll get Mark Hamill as the voice to get in all the laps fans, essentially. Oh, very good. Uh, and he's like, the he's seen as like this heroic politician who, he was the only one willing to take on this job of rebuilding Taris. And, you know, bringing it back and creating all these jobs in a planet that had nothing, which he has been doing. He's been creating mining jobs and... He's been creating jobs like to like restore the planet's ecosystem and things such as that. But he's a bit of a bastard because re- it's really just indentured servitude. Oh, right, because he sounded quite and nice we- until now. Ah, I know. It's a shame. Um, I can't believe Mark Hamill would do that because this character is clearly a reflection of him <laughs> as a person. Obviously. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm sure Mark Hamill is a lovely guy. Seems yeah. nice. Yeah, he does, actually. Uh, aye, so he's been, like... And really what he's been doing is he's been using it to essentially... Pr- like, he's been using it to profit, and he's built himself, like, a massive palace on the surface. Um, and he's he's brought back that part, but it's just for him and all his pals to do well. Uh, and we'll come back to him a wee bit later. The other big supporting character for Peyton List is Jedi Master Ken Liu, who will be, like, her advisor that she'll be communicating with back in Coruscant. Uh, he's be like a mentor. And when she's questioning her mission, being like, this this Meredith guy seems like a bit of a prick. He'll be like, ah, oh, forget about it, it's fine. Eh, whatever. Uh, and he'll be played by Jet Li. Oh, yeah. oh, no, there's a name. Yeah, well, I thought about Jackie Chan, but I felt like, no, Jet Li's got more of like the mentor kind of aura about him, Aye. I feel. Yeah, so I went with him. Uh, for the other protagonist, uh, is known as Decker Rocast, who, he's kind of like a, a kind of, I don't want to say a handyman, but he's like a mercenary, not quite a bounty hunter, but he does like odd jobs in Taris for different people, right. there's a lot of crime lords who are running the lower levels. Sorry Harry, we going to say something there. No, I was just saying, all right, as in, oh, I see, I am oh. still listening and engaged. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He's working for, like, all the crime lords and, like, various kind of, like, people in the lower levels, essentially. Uh, but his thing is, he was actually a former Padawan who ran away from the Jedi Order, and he is a human, uh, just to put that out there. So is Ken Wu, and so is... Well, Meredith is actually a quarren, as I said, so... He ran away from the Order because he felt frustrated by the ideals of the Jedi. He was like, wait, 
What do you mean? I can't get my home. <laughs> and runs, runs away, you know. Uh, I can't, can't get married and have kids. What the fuck is this shit? This is, this is, this is some brainwashing shit, which when you think about it... It, it kind of is. is, but here's a question for you personally. Uh-huh. Would you give that up for force powers and a lightsaber? <sighs> See, I would... But I don't want to figure out Kiadi Mundi's scam. Because, fun fact, Kiadi Mundi had multiple wives. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he did. And he was also like, you know how Anakin was like pure region of being in the council before Aye. he was a master? Kiadi Mundi did oh, that first as well. Anakin must have fucking hated that guy, man. He's like, he's like, yeah. Like, um, yeah, oh, Anakin, you can't get married to bad men. That's a shame. I'm going to go home to, f- to fuck my sixth wife. Uh, yeah. The reason was that a species has, like, a low um, re- reproduction rate. So, yeah. Anyway, getting off topic. But, uh, yeah. They should have called him King Shaddy Monday. Should have called him Shaggy Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Uh, so, yeah, we've got... Decorocast. He basically ran away, but he doesn't use his lightsaber because at this point the Jedi are at the height of their power and people would be like, wait, a Jedi? And send someone after him. Uh, his big supporting character will be Kotak, who is a Trandoshan crime lord. Mm. Do you know what a Trandoshan is? I know the name. Please tell me. And uh, isn't an image, but I know the name. You know the kind of dinosaur looking guys? Yeah, like Bosk, dinosaur Banana. guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he'll be played by Joe Manganiello. Ah, oh, very good, eh? And he'll, yeah. He'll also have like a kind of like a kind of younger kind of sidekick uh, played by Zendaya. And he'll not get kind of wrong with the same age as him, uh, named Frisk. And she'll be like his kind of like kind of like assistant type character who like helps him with, like, get jobs and things and be like the tech support. Oh, oh, and Decker will be played by. I'm going to butcher his name. Azza Butterfield. Is it Azza? Or Aza? I think it's Aza. Aza Butterfield. The guy from Sex Education. So he'll play him. Because I thought he's... He's not had that breakout role yet, but he's still very good. Uh, And essentially what's going to happen is the two Jedi are going to... Be not like... We'll see things from both of the... Not the two Jedi, because one of them's not a Jedi anymore. We'll see things from both of the perspectives with like... Originally seeing Lord Nerdus as this like guy who's all about the people and he's making his speech. But then when you see Decker's side, you'll see how things really are in the planet, with like the crime gangs really running things and paying him hush money. And <coughs> sorry. Tanila will start to see the cracks and see that this Meredith guy isn't always cracked uh. to be. And eventually obviously they'll come together. They'll have like a lightsaber do. But in the end, they'll come together to take down Lord Meredith and report him to the council. Thoughts? It does sound interesting. I, I, years of the the low lip. I'm going to say that again. I, I like the idea of the criminal underworld and a Jedi seeing that for yeah. What well, might I be thought... the first time, especially out in the outer rim. As I said, he's not a Jedi anymore. He's obviously left the Order. Um, he's just doing what he can to survive. Ah, yeah. He's not turned to the dark side. An ex-Jedi. That's quite important. Uh-huh. Aye. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's, it's good to question the Jedi Order because my thoughts on that was if you look at what they were doing objectively, it's a cult. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Aye, especially at this time, um, which is something I'm going to touch on later in my pitch, you know, looking <laughs> looking into it. Looking into it, yeah. um, at this sort of time, the High Republic, you know, you see the Jedi's in their golden robes and their fancy headgear, and there are more of them at that time than there's ever been. Yeah. And they can't quite see a lot of things for what they truly are at the time. So I think, you know, it yeah. could be really interesting to have someone leave all this, travel all the way to someone I've never been before, and see things that they might not have known even happened. Yeah, and I think with at this point the Jedi having basically to answer just to the council, like everything they do has to now go through them. I feel like that opens up so much like politicians can be corrupt. Can they? They've not taken the oath the Jedi took. 
Yeah, it's shockingly, mate. Some of them aren't good people. Yeah. I mean, you can well, get away with anything in fiction these days. <laughs> yeah. God. What is the world coming to when even the politicians can be corrupt? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you joke, but it will happen one day. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I I trust our politicians to not be corrupt. Yeah. Well, at least someone does. What were you saying, Roddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that was my kind of thoughts, and it was like, I didn't want to go too much in with the plot details of this one, because my thought was, it's, it's going to be seven or eight episodes at least, so that's how I want to go through, but yeah. the general idea was more, they'll start off on opposite sides, and they'll have like a lightsaber duel in the middle of the series. Um, oh yeah, I like lightsaber duels. Oh yeah, um, and it won't be... It won't be like the ones for the sequels where they're proper weighty. It'll be the very finesse-based, like, properly trained duels for the, for the prequels. Just wipe it out there. Yeah, because the prequels had the best lightsaber fights for the whole series. We've said that before. Yeah. Yeah, it did. They were more finesse-based. They weren't, they weren't as realistic, but they shouldn't be realistic. No. Exactly. Yeah, you got the bloody fourth. Yeah. 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 And lightsabers don't have the weight of real swords. They're lighter. Well, that's uh, why they're so. called light sabers. If they were heavy, they would be called heavy sabers. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 there is a light club uh, in the EU. Someone made a light club, which is weird. Where is it? In well. Germany? France? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just thinking of the scene from Eurotrip in Germany right now. <laughs> <laughs> the BDSM club. Uh, but yeah, like the general idea is that obviously like Tinny will start to see what's going on in the corruption. And Decker will be like, you know, I probably should still try and do something. Because I do believe in doing the right thing. I just don't believe in the Jedi's way. And they'll come together to, like, you know, stop this lord and stop the crime lords. Um, having started on opposite sides with maybe Decker's trying to steal something for the common folk so that they've got food to live on. And, that's, and she's got to try and stop him under the Lord's wishes, but it's like, ah, but he's technically right. And then, as I said, they come together in the end. Right. Jacob, you've been fairly quiet with us. Have you any thoughts? So, I like it, but there's a lot of further reading for me because a lot of the things you're talking about, I, I don't really understand or, or know. I mean, I thought I was a fan of Star Wars until you started talking. <laughs> and now I've realised... <laughs> Uh, they, they had funny swords in the movies. That was cool. <laughs> but I, I like it. But I I think for someone like me, who doesn't know much, it might require a bit further reading before you start watching it. Well, what I would say is keep in mind, like, obviously I'm just giving a basic rundown of it. We'll cover, like, the state of the planet on the episodes. And if you take it as its own thing, like, we can explain... Or something happened on this planet, even if you don't okay, know what. So, so just kind of wink into the audience. So it's like yeah. the Mandalorian, where you know it, it helps if you know the background stuff, but even if you don't, it, it's it's still happening. It's all right. Yeah, definitely, it'll have the right kind of fan service, and that you don't, and that you don't need to know exactly what's going on to really understand the overall plot. Okay, that leads me to my second caveat. Mm-hmm. Which I've completely forgotten the moment I said it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all must good. Important. Don't worry. <laughs> it must have been that important. Yeah, apart from the me needing further reading, I can't see any reason why I wouldn't green like that. Cool. Thank you. And Harry, what about you? I there's definitely things I like there. And it is an era that well, we're going to get explored, but haven't had explored much in the popular media. For a while, you know, in the films, in the TV series that we're getting on Disney Plus now, and it is actually something I'm quite intrigued about. I so I'm in. Starting off the day with two green lights. Wow. Good two last. Aye, congratulations. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, when, when I try and be serious, I'm actually I feel I'm actually. I, I've got Just a good thing you don't do it often. Uh, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, that's a good point. Um, I will also say, by the way, when you're talking about uh, the High Republic being undersold, I've I've bought the first book on Audible and I've heard that the, the High Republic um, novels are really good. So 
right. It's about space Vikings, which I'm, I'm all for. I like space um, Vikings. <laughs> Let's just say good. <laughs> okay, so uh, who did we say was going to go next? You said I was going to go remember. next. Yeah, Jacob, oh, yeah, so it's yourself. Hold on to the seat of your pants, because picture this. What if I'm not wearing any? We have all seen the Star Wars films, haven't we? You could say that. For better or worse, for better or worse, we've seen the main movies. For better or better. We've seen the prequel trilogy, yep. and we said it wasn't that good yeah. until the sequel trilogy Wrong. came out, and then we realised it actually wasn't that oh, yeah, bad. Mm, yeah, mm. And there's been a lot of... Um, there has been a lot of characters who have been mentioned, but never explored. So I want to talk about probably one of the most influential characters who was mentioned, but was never fully explored. Picture this. Howard the Duck. No! <laughs> oh, God. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So do you... Yeah, well, you just cast yourself... I don't know me. if I should be <laughs> upset or extremely relieved. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was wanting another another 20 minute discussion on ducks, but okay. Yeah, I looked up duck facts after the have... last episode and everything. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> have we all heard of a little known Jedi Master called Sifo DS? Indeed. Yes. Who was he? Uh, he was the master of. Uh... <clears throat> He was, I think he was Dooku's master. He was Dooku's master. I know this because I read it on Wikipedia. Yeah, he was, and he was. He did actually go and he did go and um, get the the core army. Thank uh, you, Rody. On that note, uh, commissioned. Yes. On that note, this is what I've read on Wikipedia that Cipher DS wanted to commission a clone army beforehand, but the Jedi Council said no. You'll not do it. But he went yeah. and did it on his own back. So I want to have kind of like a buddy cop movie sort of thing with a different buddy every episode. Cypher DS is hiding okay. the fact that he is a Jedi. He doesn't want people to know it. And so he has taken up life as a mercenary going amongst the Republic, doing his thing. And while he is doing that, he is getting to know some of the big players and um, casting them as you, if you will, in the role of his clone army. So, um, you will have that episode at the end with Django Fett and him and Django Fett teaming up. They do a bunch of stuff, and then Django Fett. Or is it Boba Fett? Which Fett is it? Django. It's Django. It's Django. Django. Boba's the clone. Django's right, the It's Django. So Django then gets picked to be the clone army, but there'll be other characters as well. Um, maybe a Trandoshan sp smuggler dude called Jeff who will team up with Cypher Diaz on a big trip. Um, they will go and do the Kessel Run, but they won't do it in that many par... par, par, par six. Thank you, Parsex. Yeah, it, it's that, that's kind of the idea. It's a buddy cup where Cypher Diaz is trying to scope out who is going to be his clone army. Parsex sounds like a golf porno, by the way. God. <laughs> That kind of sounds like Parsat to me. Parsat. Who'd want to call themselves Parsat? I mean, it's better than sub Parsats, but. Alright, then. Are you ready for some. Four! Play. Hey! So, it's a very quick one, but I think the kind of thing writes itself. What do you think? Um. Do you want to go first, Harry, or do you want me to go first? Because I've got a couple of things I want to discuss. Yeah, uh, when you go, then. Yeah, so... Here's the thing. I do like it. Oh, good! Uh, and I, I do think Cyphodius is a character that is actually un, under, underexplored. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's underexplored in the EU as well. Touch wood, it's not my best either. I'm more of an Old Republic guy, but, you know... Uh, my only issue with it is I feel like it's too close to the Cone Wars and like it stops being a High Republic series because it starts being oh 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 look there's a young Qui-Gon Jinn 
Well, a according to um, Wikipedia, which of course, being a wiki but about Wookies, um, Cypher Diaz was dead for a whole ten years before um, Obi Wan popped over and found out the thingy, and he commissioned. There's, there's, there's no date on Wikipedia yeah. that the actual clone army was commissioned. Yeah, but you think that's seven years? That's ten years. That's only you know three years before Phantom Menace. So it is like that's my only issue with it. Is I just feel like it's it it's good and I do like it, but it's too close to what's about to happen, and it becomes very. There's a young Qui Gon Jinn. Is that Count Dooku before he turned to the dark side? Uh, well, Count Dooku was Cypher Diaz's student, so we can't really he was, do yeah. one without the other. Well, he would have been. He would have definitely reached knighthood by that time. Probably by that time would actually. Well, not maybe not by that point. Um, but I do think there is something there with like, because he was the only one who could see that the Sith were plotting. Like, he didn't know about the Sith, but he knew something was coming. Whereas everyone else in the council was clouded. So I do think there is something there. Um. And I was with you until you said Buddy Cop because I was thinking you were going to make it more of like a pure investigation with like him maybe finding out about Plagueis or something but then the Sith are in it. And I feel like his story's way too tied to knowing that there's something in the background. And it, I think it breaks the no Sith rule, mate. I'm really sorry. There's no Sith in it. <laughs> yeah, but they you're, still you're, have... You're adding the Sith in there yourself. Mm -hmm. it's, it's Buddy Cop. But I feel like his story, he's so tied to the Sith in a way that they kind of have to be there um, because that was why you created the I mean you didn't know it was the Sith but you knew they were coming so I I don't know I need to think about it for the side of all if you like oh. it because I do like it but on technicalities I'm kind of like mm, well I so go ahead and I mean like Rodi ideas. I do like uh, the character you're basing it around you know that's cool that's something that ties into the main films and the Clone Wars. Yeah. But I was wondering as well if, a wee bit like Rody, if it was going to be too close to the Clone Wars, especially with bringing Jango Fett into it. Because we've had the Clone Wars, which are all, you know, clones of Jango Fett, were just coming off of the back of the huge success of The Mandalorian. Is it too many people? Mm-hmm. Wearing the same outfit in too many different series. That's my main concern. My main concern is a fashion and wardrobe issue. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I... I also do want to add, if you haven't the it, he became mm, Sith. Uh, you might be reaching for point. that. I, I, I kind of get what you're saying with the other thing about it relies on him <laughs> knowing that there's a Sith threat out there. But you also did say that he maybe didn't know it was yeah. the Sith. But if, if, if you're going for Dooku, I think that's a reach. I don't think he knew it was the Sith. W Wikipedia, this is just what Wikipedia has told me. Wikipedia says that he foresees a, um, up upcoming full-scale conflict. And this is because of the tension before the invasion of Naboo. Mm -hmm. At the tension between the uh, Trade Federation and the Republic. Okay. I'll greenlight it in one condition. I'm getting a green light? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a couple conditions, though. Give okay. me those conditions. I feel like... Because to me, the, the idea was that always... I mean, because I think everyone knows that Qui-Gon was known as kind of a bit of a maverick, and he went against the Council. I want that. I want that, but like... Turbo that like this. This is a guy who's clearly just like he's not a master because he won't shut the fuck up, and because he's like no, we should like. And I want it to tie back into like what I mentioned before about how like the Jedi have to serve the Senate. He's like no, we should be taking action. There's gonna be this big political. There's gonna be this big climate. I don't think if you're gonna do him, I don't think he should be a cut and dry character. I think there should be an element of. Yeah, he was right in the end, but he's a fucking dickhead. <laughs> but, yeah. If that's the route you want to go with it, then I, I, mean, I could get behind it. I mean, to be fair, Cypher was a Jedi Master and then went, fuck you, Jedi Council, I'm doing it myself. Yeah. 
I, I don't know if that sounds maverick or not, but he he ended up commissioning a, a huge ass army after yeah, Yoda went. No, do this, you will not. <laughs> yeah, because it because when you think about it, like the entire like premise of his character is that he essentially saw saw a war that was technically nothing to do with the Jedi coming. It was between two political ideals. Um, and I do I do honestly feel like the Separatist viewpoint has been underrepresented in media. Uh, I feel like that's something you could touch on with the Cypher Deus side of things. Although he was against it, you could maybe show... Well, wait, no. The Separatists were being treated by sh- like shit by the Council. It wasn't... They weren't just wanting away so they could have slaves. That was part of it. But they weren't being treated fairly. Um... So I feel like if you tie it back into, I feel like I complain that it's too close, but I feel like you have to tie it back in. I'm I'm so on the Harry. Can you decide first? I'm so like flipping back. And forth, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's actually fascinating to me because I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of up and down as well. Because when you mentioned the body cop thing, I was totally thrown sideways. I went, "That's not Star Wars," and then the more I thought about yeah. it the more I thought, and the more you went away from it. Well, that's, that's the thing, though. For, for me, the best Star Wars things are things that aren't necessarily Star Wars. I loved Rogue One, and that was not the... Star oh, Wars Rogue One was incredible. Oh, absolutely. It's a Star Wars film. Oh, it was brilliant. It's Star Wars you can get. It was opposite of Star Wars. All right, I've made my mind up. I'm going to say no... Because I like the idea of a Cypher Deus series, but I think it should be more of a... More of a, like, political intrigue and an investigation than a body cop. I feel like the way you're going with it's too light-hearted. I okay. think there was some serious shit going down in the Senate, and he should have been looking into that. Um, I'm all for a Star Wars body cop series, by the way, but I don't even think it should include the Jedi. I think it should be a bit too, like, bounty hunters or something, or too... Um, or... You know, just do a Han and Chewie body cop movie. Yeah, that's what um, I'm waiting for. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just feel like it's... Or Han and Wando, even. You could call it Han. But I just feel like... Um... <laughs> Upvotes on the left. <laughs> they could fight Hondo. They could bring, yeah, they could make, Hondo they could bring versus Hondo. Live action. Anyway, he could be the villain in it. Hondo versus Hondo, yes. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to say no, because I feel like... The core idea is good, but it's the wrong genre. Okay. And then the other issues I had with it. Sorry, man. Because I do like it, but then I just feel like... I feel like that's what... Look, I feel like what you've given us is what Disney would want to make. And that's not what I want to see. Because they want a certain form of it being a big adventure. I think that story should be more of a political intrigue. And an investigation and kind of a detective story. So I'm going to have to say no for that reason. Harry. Yeah, I don't think it breaks the rules strictly that we've set. But again, I was thinking that it was maybe too close to the Clone Wars. That, like you say, some people might get distracted by the inclusion of characters they already know, which would be a strange thing to get distracted by. That's a strange reason to bring up. But for me, it's not that the buddy cop thing's the wrong way to go. It's that, to me, it sounded like it was going to be, or trying to be, too many different things at the same time. Whereas if it just went buddy cop, or if it just went Sifo-Dyas looking for a hero who's got to be strong and got to be tough and got to be Django Fett, then I might have been in. But I think it's a bit all over the place, and even low. I think it could be cool this time in particular, and it breaks my wee heart to do it. I'm not greenlighting this one. That's alright. I mean, Star Wars, as I found out from Rhodey's first pitch, is not my strong point. Yeah, and as I said, I f- do you know what I feel like? I feel like there's a good idea there, but it just wasn't solid enough yet, and it would just need to, it needed a lot of tweaking. But the actual core concept is kind of cool. Uh, also, Jacob, you're the first person in the podcast to get two 
to get to uh, fails, so get fucked. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm so sorry. Um, well, you never know. Maybe you might make it. Maybe Glenn's idea will be as... I don't want to say as awful as last week because you wanted to unite it, Jacob. Uh, this is, well, you know what? This is what you get for greenlighting the, the, that horrendous Jessica Jones assistant simulator. So you know what? You deserve it for that. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of the the man who had the terrific idea of the Jessica Jones assistant simulator, Glenn, you know, know Star Wars yes. pretty much as well as I do. So I'm wanting to know how this is going to go. Probably I, but one of the reasons I love the extended universe Star Wars stuff so much is that there really is too much of it for one person to know. You know, like, obviously I've seen all the films many times. I've read some of the legacy of the Force books. I've got Darth Plagueis. But the High Republic something I don't really know much about. See, to be fair, it's not something... There's not a lot aye. out there for it. They did a lot of Old Republic stuff, obviously, but there's aye. not a lot of High Republic stuff. Yeah. I have heard, as I said earlier, that the, the three new models, are, the three new mod models, the three new novels, are really good. Now, I'm going to listen to them. Um, but yeah, it's not something I've heard a lot of either. So, yeah. Aye. I think that's why they're, they're focusing what? on that region, that timeline, time, because it yeah. is unexplored, so they can basically do what they want. Yeah. Exactly, and I'm glad that you have heard of the new High Republic novels because I wasn't quite sure where to leap off with this. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple of purely original ideas that I just couldn't fully flesh out, so what I've actually ended up doing is going for a pitch based on a TV series based around some of the events that happen in the new High Republic books. Sure, now, if you're looking for... Well, what I was going to say was this will describe some of the events that happen but not in entirely the same ways. So, if you're looking forward to reading them yeah, go ahead with caution. Two seconds, I'm just going to take my headset off. <laughs> no, that's fine, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to them in Audible. Uh, yeah. Now, I have the changed them up because I didn't just... I couldn't come on and pitch my idea for a series as someone else's yeah. book. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that that wouldn't fly, but what I've done is I want to take the events that happen in one of these books, which is something that happens in the High Republic era or the Star Wars universe, and that is something that we like to call the Great Hyperspace Disaster. Which sounds wonderful and dangerous, doesn't it? It does, uh, and it's something that I'm not as educated about, probably because I've not uh, read or read the books yet. So neither was I. This was new to me as well. Um, but I'm interested. Aye, and so basically, what this was was a period where ships all over the galaxy were just pulled out of hyperspace, and the galaxy couldn't use hyperspace travel anymore for a while. But oh, you think at first might not have too many implications or whatever but the more you think about it the more it does and there's a very specific event that kicks that off which involves a ship called the Legacy Run Mm -hmm. which is a modular freighter ship which at the point the story takes place is more than 100 years old and so what I wanted to have was for the first few episodes of this series to be based around the captain and the crew of this ship some of the passengers as well as they embark on this voyage that kicks off the start of the hyperspace disaster. Mm-hmm. And I don't have much in the way of actual casting and characters for this pitch, apart from the main crew of the Legacy Run. So it's captained by Hedda Cassette, who I really wasn't sure to get to play to play her. And I wasn't sure about bringing this up, but since you had Mark Hamill in it earlier, I don't feel as bad anymore. Because I actually thought about getting, I get, I don't know how to pronounce this name properly either. It's either Taya or Tia Surkar, which is a name you might recognise as voice in Sabine Wren in Star Wars Rebels. All right, okay. Because there was talk of her making making it into the Mandalorian, but she never did, did she? 
Yeah, I mean, well, Sabi- um, yeah, Sabine wasn't in it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that she'll be in this Oka series, though, surely. You would hope. Like, because, I, I mean, apparently Thrawn's been cast as a villain in that as well, which, ooh. Oh. Have you heard who's been cast as a villain, mate? Apparently off topic. No, no. Oh, that's Mickelson. It's Thrawn. Ooh. I don't, mate. No, that sounds wonderful because I absolutely love Thrawn as a character. Aye. Let's um, talk about that later because I really want to talk about that. We'll, t- we'll talk about that after we're finished recording. Aye. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> this is good. Me and Harry are going to start a spin off podcast where we just talk about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just Thrawn. Uh, I've, actually, I've actually ordered the first book of the Thrawn trilogy as well, but it's not here yet. But that's not the point either. So aye, I thought about having uh, Taya or Tia Sarkar playing the captain. also thought about Noreen DeWolf, but I'm not sure she's been in as many similar roles to play this kind of... Not older, um, but she's an experienced ex-military pilot who runs a tight ship, no a shite tip, as Winston would say. And so she's going to be not uptight entirely, but she's going to keep things ship shape on this journey. She's the one who's looking after the crew and the 9,000 passengers that are on the way to the outer rim. And I mean, 9,000 people you could have in that. There's going to be a lot of stuff you could do with background characters as passengers on the ships. But in the crew, you also have a second in command, uh, who, in my version, not in the book, so I'm changing things. Uh, the regulation loving, droidishly unemotional, Jerry Bowman, Ooh. who, since he has no physical description or depiction on the Wikipedia page, is played by Sean Bean. He gonna die. My. Or he's gonna die. Or Sean Bean or Sean Bond. Sean Bond. Sean Bond. <laughs> Just wait until we get to the Sean Bond, Madame. Aye. Yeah. Uh, and also on the crew is a cadet navigator, Kalawar. No second name listed, so that's all I have to go of. Mm-hmm. And again, since uh, you were going down obscure Star Wars aliens as well, he is a Quermian. Quermian? What is a Quermian when they're at home? I can't remember. Uh, uh, a Quermian when they're at home is quite similar to a Quermian when they're in Cadet Navigator on a freighter <laughs> ship. <laughs> a Quermian actually looks a bit like a Cameo Owen. Uh, they sort of have a wee head and a big long neck. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a Jedi who was a Quermian, but I can't remember. His they name. don't have the nostrils. Yeah, there was. Oh, Yariel Poof! That's exactly Yariel who it was. Poof. Yep. Yeah, I Yariel love Yariel Poof! Yeah, that's the one. I'm Jacob glad you said that name and I didn't. I don't know my Star yeah. Wars lore, but I know Yariel Poof. He, he long neck Jedi. Yeah, you have impressed me. Well done. Yeah. I mean, he's no Ked Fester, but still. <laughs> You'd hope not. <laughs> See, to be fair, but, Ked Fester's actually got a dope backstory. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, aye. He's, he's great in the Clone Wars as well. <laughs> but aye. Uh, now, purely because the image of him on the Wikipedia article was actually quite comical. I thought it'd be funny if he was played by Tom Holland. <laughs> who everyone loves at the moment. Because he's the cadet navigator. He's going to be a bit younger. He's going to be the one out of the three main crew that's more susceptible to, well, quite frankly, being funny. Yep. I'll take your silence as an agreement. Uh, and on the journey... On this journey they're on to the outer rim. It's Calwell the Navigator. That, and this is going into plot points from the book, even though I've not read it. I've read this on Wikipedia and a couple of YouTube videos in my research. So this is lifted straight from it. They see an obstacle on their path in the hyperspace lane. Mm-hmm. And with seconds till the impact, the captain takes controls of the ships, tries to do some brilliant ex-military pilot manoeuvres out of the way, but due to the size and age of the ship, actually starts to break apart. She does her best to separate all the passenger modules, the control modules, things like that. People still perish, it's still a huge accident, but she arguably saves a lot of lives. But really, all they end up doing is moving the problem 
because all this debris crash lands on a nearby uninhabited moon. And this is where I introduce the Jedi's role in the series. Okay. So this is a huge disaster. This is galaxy-wide stuff. And while they're at the height of the power, the height of their power, the Jedi find themselves spread thin because they're trying to... I'm going to pause when I turn my page. The Jedi find themselves spread thin, yep, um, because they are firstly trying to investigate why this happened, secondly trying to respond to it, thirdly trying to rescue survivors, and fourthly protecting the people who have still got to travel while they don't know what the threat is. And this is where I would maybe introduce an original character, but again I've not thought much about it because I don't know so much who else is around at the time. But I was thinking it could be along the lines of someone who is a freshly graduated Jedi Knight, they're out seeing the galaxy, especially the Outer Rim for the first time, mm-hmm. like I mentioned with yours, Rody. Yeah. And this is a person who sees at this point that even though the Jedi are at the height of their power, they're at the height of their ignorance as well. That the yep. way they're reacting to this is like they're reacting to a natural disaster. But this can't be natural. They know it isn't. But they can't fathom that it's a direct attack on them and on the Republic. And on the Wookiees. And on the Wookiees. <laughs> Especially on the Wookiees, which I will not stand for, because I look like one, and if you come for the Wookiees, you come for me. And it's maybe this young Jedi that starts to uncover what's behind this great disaster Mm -hmm. and that is remember earlier we talked about space vikings we did we did a group called the nile as in n-i-h-i-l like nihilistic i suppose that's just coincidence yeah why do i know that name you're probably thinking of the river mate (laughs) (laughs) that'll be it in these the Nile not the river the space vikings this most fearsome and foul group of marauders and space pirates looking to stop the republic's expansion into the outer rim at any cost dangerous spooky dun 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 and it's actually going to be probably more than halfway through the series while this has been investigated and built up. I think it'd be quite cool to leave this till maybe the last half, the last quarter of the series maybe, before you actually see them. Yeah. To have this in the background super scary threat that like you just don't even know what it is. But when they do it, introduce themselves on screen. They are led by Marcian Rowe which is a character I've taken from the extended universe and from this book as well. Who, for no other reason, because that scripto heat case mental guy really well, is played by James McAvoy. Oh, nice, okay. Tell me you don't want to see James McAvoy, your space pirate. I, 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 oh, man, I want 100%. to see James McAvoy as a space pirate. Of course you did. You just didn't know it. <laughs> And I thought, you know, I was actually thinking in terms of episodes as well. I obviously haven't planned out episode by episode because who would listen to that? But I thought there could be a really cool bottle episode in this series. You know, one of those episodes that's loosely tied to everything else but it's set in one location and it sort of stands on its own. You know, um, Breaking Bad had one with a fly episode. Oh, that fly episode. Um, Porridge had one where Fletcher didn't leave his cell. Community had one that I'm pretty sure was called the Bottle Episode. It did. That's absolutely right. It would have had a class name, but they literally said they were doing a Bottle Episode. Aye, that's the one where they didn't leave the study room, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Jacob, I'll let you go first, because I've got quite a few thoughts on it. Mostly positive, but I've got a couple of things I want to discuss with you. So, Jacob, you can go first. So, again, 
this is not my strong point. The extended university EU, as it will, or Legends, it, or any of the outside, any of the Star Wars outside the movies, I know nothing about. This is, again, something that... I just want to point out, the the EU. This isn't part of the EU. This is ca This these stories are canon. The EU is everything that Disney basically chopped off, oh. because according to Kathleen Kennedy, there's not thirty years of novels and, and comics that we can adapt. Yeah, some of them are trash. <laughs> so I mean, last thing, if I had a full hour to pitch this, I would go on to talk yeah. about the things from the EU and from the legends that I would bring back specifically to incorporate into this. But this is going to be, or I pictured it to be. Uh, serialization of of a book that's just come out, yeah. but changed yeah, yeah. enough so that a I could justify coming on here and pitching it, <laughs> yeah. and b genuinely to make it different enough and interesting enough to watch. And like the whole point of the podcast is, I think I can do this better than them. Am I right? <laughs> Still, this is something for me that I need to read up on because. I don't know a lot about Star Wars outside of movies. and Which is Yariel fine, Poo. we still like you. I like Yariel Poo. But I'd say I'd agree with Is it because he has a funny name? It's because he has a funny long neck. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a Jedi. But this is still saying I'd green light. It's an interesting story in its own right, even if you take out all the Star Wars connotation. And I'll be honest, you had me green lighting the thing the moment you said Space Vikings. Nice. I mean, that, yeah. that's all the thoughts I'm going to have about this show. And later on, when I'm editing it, I am just going to get to the point where you say Space Vikings and go, oh yeah, Space Viking. Because that, <laughs> that's just going to be me. So I'm yeah. greenlighting it purely for the Space Vikings. And James McAvoy right. has said Space Sweet. Viking. Rody! Cool. So a couple, I've got a couple of things and I've got one quick question. Sure. Just to see if you would be down for that. Uh, first of all, the one you don't know the best thing I can say, but that is, you've made me really want to go and read the novels. So that's good. Uh, um, I don't feel too guilty about that then because because it's genuinely I felt a bit I felt a bit guilty coming on here and pitching something based around someone else's book that's already been written and released. Nah, I mean everything's an offshoot. Everything else really, isn't it? Um, but that's one thing I'll say. Um, Harry, you should go either read them or I'm going to listen to them in Audible. See when, I, see, when I was doing my research today, when I finish the Throne book, I'm probably gonna st I'm probably gonna start this one. Nice. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm listening to this one. Oh, right. so after that, I'll probably go on it. Uh, it's good anyway. But we're running ahead of the schedule anyway. I, I, we're running behind anyway. <coughs> behind schedule. <laughs> so no, we've still got time because mind we've got the wee bit to cut out. Ah, that's true. Uh, I'm going to say something, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, but this is my take. All right. I feel Star Wars fans might not like this, because looking at the story, it's a very Star Trek story. See, I wouldn't actually know. Like, I've seen two episodes of any and all of the Star Treks. See, I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but like, there's... Parts I like, parts I don't like, like it's hit and miss. Okay, uh, but I feel like the story about the captain uh, trying to keep like, keep everybody afloat and all that. I think that's that's a more Star Trek story. So my main all issue right. is that is like how do you keep the? Because like if you remember what happened when Star Trek started to look a bit what Star Wars, they were all outraged, and the same thing would happen. That's here. right. Aye. Um. How would you keep like the Star Wars fans happy to be like, no, it's still Star Wars. We're still going to have big action set pieces, etc. How do you think you would kind of handle that? Well, one of the two was a big space and land battle, a simultaneous space and land battle near the end. Yeah. Where? It's going to be a big space the, Well, these space Vikings, the Nile. They lure the Jedi in, and this is something where I've gone completely off the rails from canon, extended universe, and from this book that's coming out. This is a purely different direction to any of them I've went in. What would have the Nile do in this is use tactics that the Jedi haven't faced before, or haven't faced in a long nice. time, so they don't know how to deal with. 
in that what let's actually like forces the... long on you go you mean like the mandalorians where when they saw the jedi deflecting laser beams they just decided to bring out shotguns yeah, those kind of things. Um, but things like, in particular, I mentioned on the Wikipedia, like sacrificing their own ships and people even to, to lure them into a, to a yeah. false sense of victory. But what I thought would be cool is if this goes in the direction where this actually forces the Jedi to retreat and sets up this whole new idea, really volatile, really unstable outer rim. Okay. Uh, Ask away. I have one final question. You don't have to say yes to this. Uh, if I said, I love the core concept, but the real are just a shit version of the Yuzon Vong, <laughs> would you be willing to change them to the Yuzon Vong? You know what? I'd... Because if you think about it, they are basically, and it would make more sense than having the biological weapon and all that. I suppose I, I only went with the Nile because... That's what apparently happens uh, in this book and in these events yeah. that it's based around. So maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying so, you have I mean, to. I suppose it doesn't make as much difference to me if you change it to Louis Von Vaughn, mm-hmm. who come up with this technology to drag ships out of hyperspace, but it might matter to the person who actually came up with it in the first place. <laughs> That's true. But, I mean, my thought is, when you're saying them, them using the new fighting style, I was just thinking, like, the use on Vong have cut themselves off the force, yeah. and they've found ways to cut other people off the force. I'm like, that could be really no. cool. Um, but that was just a hypothetical question. But even if it had denial, I really do like it. Um, I think, based on what I know about the books, you've made it different enough that it'll be its own thing as well. Hopefully. Uh, I, I did I've, put a lot of time into doing that. Because, like I say, I can't get away with just pitching somebody else's book. Yeah, I have one final question, and this will determine whether or not I can read right. it. Is the cool Wicked Jedi for the cover of the first book still on it? Let's just say yes. Ah, it's 100%. <laughs> nice. The rest of the idea could be shit, man, but if it's got a Wicked Jedi in it, I'll watch it. Good. So, what I still mate again, where Glenn, you've got two green lights, I've got two green lights, Jacob. It's not your wheelhouse. No, it is not. <laughs> you have to make a decision on which one you would give the win to. It's not your wheelhouse, but is it your Space Viking longship house? Okay. The Space Vikings do sound fun, but I, I need to... I have greenlit both of yours, so I need to find mm-hmm. something that separates it from the rest. <sighs> I never thought I'd say this. Scott, tell me how Howard the Duck would fit into your story. <laughs> yes! Well, imagine Howard... Right, not ordinary, this character, the main villain. Yep. Imagine that he was a power-hungry Howard the Duck that had been shot into space and ended up in a galaxy far, far away. Cool. Okay, I'll hold on to that. Harry, <laughs> how would Howard the Duck fit into your story? Well, remember I said that the Jedi are spread thin across the whole galaxy, going out and rescuing people. That's part of their job during this. It's not just to prevent it or to investigate it, but actually to rescue the stranded people. You know? Yeah. This could tie into my bottle episode as well, because what I thought you could have an episode of a totally original, totally unheard of characters before, maybe a small crew on quite a small ship who were travelling through hyperspace to get pulled out of it against their will and against their control. And not attacked, but just left. And you see them. As their rations run out, as their power runs out, as they start to go hungry, cold, and they start to lose their oxygen supplies as well. And at the end of the episode, you hear a ping on the ship's navigation. There's a craft approaching. They prepare to dock, not knowing who it is. Not knowing, it could be space vikings, it could be space pirates, it it could be whalers on the moon who carry a harpoon, but there ain't no whales, so they tell tall tales and sing a happy, and sing a whaling tune. It's probably not that, but it could be that, and just as you hear the ship docking, you know, you get all the mechanical noises, like, 
And just as the doors open, the fog rolls in, and all you hear is... I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Scott. Harry has got it. <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Harry. You are our winner this week. Feels good. That is two wins in the bag for you. Yeah, but I got the moral victory, and the <laughs> mine was mine was. An oh, you still yeah. greenlit it, though, Scott. <laughs> no, I'm still good. I still like it. But that was a knife in the back. Yeah, not that I'm bitter or anything, and as I was, and I'll say it again. Not that I'm trying to get a catchphrase over because I'm thinking of future merch ideas because I'm thinking 3,000 steps ahead of everyone else. But again, see me at the box office. Again, bitch. your story didn't have Howard the Duck. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Can we talk about Howard the Duck every week? <laughs> Aye, we can. We'll find a way. Anyway, uh, we, yes. we, let's get into final pugs. Uh, Jacob... You have a band. Yes, I do have a band. We are called Inquire Within. We play a bit of music that's on the more heavy and or metal side. I am the singer, and I'd like to say we're pretty good. We're currently in the middle of releasing some covers. So we got some Trivium, we got some Avenged Sevenfold, a bit of Gojira Ooh. coming out soon if you're really excited. Head over to HRHTV, and you can find the videos that our label's just uploaded. Um... Scott, you're going to give us a bit of a plug? Uh, yeah, I am a Twitch streamer. Uh, my Twitch channel is Parsath, with an underscore at the end, which is P for Papa, A for Alpha, R for Romeo, S for Sierra, A for Alpha, T for Tango, H for Hotel, then the underscore. Don't forget that underscore. Yes, I did misspell. Yep, I did misspell a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> That's where the name came from. Uh, I also have a Facebook page, which is just Parsath. You can find me on there. Uh, I'll probably stream some Star Wars games at some point. Maybe I'll stream Knights of the Old Republic. I've done done Knights of the Old Republic 2 before. Uh, at some point, I imagine I will. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, Glenn also has a band who, a couple of weeks ago, he said was rubbish, but I've heard his music, and it's it's actually not terrible. Yeah, the, the moment he said so. that he had a bad band, I was just thinking, oh, no, no, it's great. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah you're right, we're actually fucking think. phenomenal. Our name is Oh No, A-W-N-A-W, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. And thank you for listening to this episode of Three Field Pilots. Oh, <laughs> the ducks, my dad.